Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is April 11th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. It's uh, first major in the books. What a week First here. major of 2022. We're back on the road. Yeah. COVID, what? you know, the, the, the full patron experience. We're going to be traveling to more majors, and this is the first one of the year. You're very excited. We're walking wounded here, though, at the end of the week at the, at the Dratty Cabin, right? It's been a long week, a lot of writing, a lot of podcasting. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm not feeling as spry as I did at the beginning of the oh, week. This is a but, good sell for the podcast we got coming. But, but yes. you know what? We're here at the Dreddy Den. It's been comfortable. I've been lounging in leisure wear. You know, not leisure wear, really. Just comfortable clothes that yeah. you could be leisure wear. You could, could coach be, a basketball game in. You could yeah. play golf in. You could do many ample things. You could also lounge, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what the Dreddy Cabin is all about this week. Uh, but this is a podcast. Last one of the week. It's... I'm gonna really test your heart and, and your metal. What you got in your guts? We've been doing. We've been trying to have a McGinley uh, impersonation contest all week. It's, we, uh, our take is that Paul sort of defers. Starts to sort of like default to talking about heart and guile. Your metal, like you see this hole right here. This is the Masters. It's a, you know the statistics go out the window, and it's about a guy's metal and what he's got. I'll tell um, you who showed some metal today. All right, who? Scotty Scheffler. He did. He did. He did. I, it was an impressive. We both walked with him for a while today. Um, he wasn't driving it especially great early on. I know it was wobbly. And our team slack. There was a lot of. Uh, they were keen to see what happened on the tenth hole. Right after a few a front a first nine that was up and down. I was there on the third when he tugged one hard left with him. I, it was just. I mean. You know, so Cam Smith goes birdie, birdie, right? And all of a sudden, he's within a shot, and and, and Scheffler kind of, I wouldn't say kicks away, but five's a five's a birdie opportunity, right? Making a par there, he's probably disappointed. Certainly the way he's played the par fives this week. Uh, so it seemed like it was getting a little tense. I thought one thing was interesting, I was writing this for Fried Egg. He, Rory bombed in his putt at seven. They were like right above him. And I think Morikawa made, made a great shot there too. And you know how like seven sort of lords over the second green, right? It's just, it's loud and it's right next to it, right above it. And that's one of the beauties of Augusta National is like, it's 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 not a compact property, but there's a lot of action around you. It's ever present, whether it's the it's, next. It's expansive, but also intimate. <clears throat> that's good. And, and, and just these little pockets, you have four four greens or it's so cool you know lots of tees and lots of greens yep. and and you just get these uh little pockets of energy out there and the seventh second 17th there is is one of them 14th there right there too so you know roy makes that putt and people go nuts like right next to him and scheffler kind of just and smith camp smith also for to his credit just kind of putted right through it it didn't even like stop and that's really thought, close yeah, it's thought, one of those things you have to deal with i guess the masters you just get used to a lot of action around you close by. It was, I, I thought Cam Smith was for sure going to step off there. And yeah. he didn't. He just kind of kept, it seemed like he stayed over the ball just a split second longer. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, at that point, it really seemed like we were going to be in for a real Sunday duel between the two of them. And especially after that third tee shot. Um, you know, I think when, when Cam Smith goes back and, and thinks about this, masters a lot of thought will be given to that wedge shot on three um effectively the strength of his game one of the best wedge players in the world which one the first the, the first the one, one that you know went to the side of the hill and yeah the 60 yeah. yarder yeah. that he could have really <clears throat> could have really put a lot of pressure on scheffler That's right true. there and really put heat on him because he hits it in there if he hits anything within 15 feet you never know what's going to happen but um, I thought today was a real big day for the idea of momentum. 
Mm-hmm. Scheffler was a, a, effectively at that point seemingly On out of sorts. Yeah, out of sorts. Yeah, discombobulated. Not not really executing the way we'd seen him execute before. And uh, Cam Smith missing that shot really, I think, gave him a lot of life. And obviously, it was a huge advantage getting to hit that chip shot first. When he made it, it, yeah, it was all huge. of a sudden a, a you know right back to square one and everything that Smith had done in the first two holes. I mean, dream start. Birdie, birdie, and it's it's all erased. It's wiped it's a, out. Yeah, right. two shot swing right back, right. and he's back to four back. Yeah, I, I don't know. Back. It's hard to say if it's like that was like a turning point because so much happened after that. But it was key critical moment. It so was much, a turning point. Those first five point, uh, five holes, like six holes. There's so much action, right? Like, I'm, and I'm not saying anything new here, but so much, so much. Uh, spotlight and priorities given to the back nine on the second nine on Sunday and, and rightfully so, but that, that five holes, there's just so much action up, down, up, down uh, that I, I don't know. It's sneaky. Maybe a defining part of the final round. It just is not at the, you know, at critical moment well, or less think- critical. Everybody always talks about like how flipping the nines was this great decision. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say <laughs> there's a bad decision. But the front nine is really extraordinary, and yeah. I think in a way, those first seven holes are really taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the seventh is such a far cry from what it was, but the uh, you know those those first six and seven holes, you gotta you gotta golf your ball, right. or else you will be punched in the face. It is not a gentle start whatsoever. Right. Right. Um, you think about. I mean, I I don't know what I'd rather play, having to hit the second shot on ten first or the or the second shot on one first. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a good would you rather. Yeah. Um, <laughs> neither of them is very desirable. Right. The the first green's just crazy. But um, you know, Cam, uh, you have to be impressed with him this week, but you also have to feel like he's gonna remember this one for a while between the bookend double bogeys on day one. Mm-hmm. And just, I think he had had Scheffler on the ropes. Within a shot, and, going up and and he kind of he let him let him free, and and that was all he needed. Scheffler obviously he four putted uh, eighteen and had a five shot win. I think um, three shot, I think. three shot win. Four, he, was five, five. he was up five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, four putting for a three shot win it's is an, is amazing. Not and bad. The short game was really really impressive all week it the beginning of the week it was everything but that weekend when things get a little bit tougher when you're not as comfortable i mean in this press conference he talked about how he's throwing up in the morning crying yeah crying yeah Yeah. or not throwing up crying tears yeah i'm sorry no you're good but I mean, like in tears, like he doesn't know like what he was sort of uh, stricken with, like, what what do I do? I don't think I'm ready for this stuff. And I, I don't know. I love those vulnerable moments. They're a lot easier to talk about once you've won. Shane Lowry did that at Portrush a couple of years ago. Where he's like, I woke up this morning. I didn't know like if I was good enough golfer. And you to have to wait open. so long. He talked yeah. about how he doesn't eat well, a little yeah. bit of azinger in him with his not being able to eat. Stomach was hurting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's where I, they, and uh, I mean, if azinger was tabbing someone. He wouldn't have picked, you know, he wouldn't have picked Scotty if we heard about that. But now you're talking about four wins and six events, right. including a major. Right. Uh, the only guy recently to do that is Jason Day, which he did it in that in 2015 that run with the PGA. In the FedEx playoff. And I think at this point, the conversation around Scheffler becomes, where does he go from here? And Yeah, it always does, doesn't it? When they win a major. And he, I mean, he's number one in the world. He's 25, he, major winner, and he's won four of his last six starts. And I do not, I don't think anybody can expect him to, to maintain this level of dominance, but then you start to look at it and it's like, if he wins one or two more times, there's a lot of golf left in the year. He gets to five or six wins. That's really rare these days. And you think about how he's played the major championships in his entire uh, professional career has been outstanding. Every single one of them. You think about his all around golf game. I think when you look at the players that would would be compared with him, you know the Morikawa, the Victor Hovland, the John Rahm's are is where he is now, and 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 rightly so. I mean, I think there are 
other guys with more extraordinary talents, but I don't think there's anybody with more balance in their it golf game. It does seem like we don't put Scheffler in that group, and I, I don't know what the <clears throat> comp is. Some like elite, well, who's an elite quarterback? It's all this subjective stuff, right? Oh, well, like Joe Burrow, not, he's not truly elite, but it, it just feels like. When we talk about the young talents, Scheffler had never really been a part of that conversation, and it still feels like we're hesitant to make him that. Even give it. And I listened to. I watched. I think it was live from. They're talking about. Oh, he's not John Rom. He doesn't have. He's not as good as John Rom. He's not. Doesn't have the swing of this or that and the other. I'll tell uh, you what it is, Rory. It's he's the only one that didn't kind of catch a heater at the right time when he turned professional. He's the only one that didn't just play his way onto the PGA Tour. Played KFT. And what did he do? He went down to KFT and dominated. Right. Like, that's the thing that gets overshadowed. Dominating on the Corn Ferry Tour is not an easy feat. Yeah. Obviously, the golf courses are different. Yeah. But he went down there and took care of business right away. This was not comparatively to Morikawa and Hovland and Rahm. His ascension to the PGA Tour was slow, but historically, his ascension to the PGA Tour was extremely rapid and decorated. Right. Uh, he, I mean, he went right down there and was he was Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year, right? Right. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it was Sung Jay and then him the next year. It. I think that's right. Um, so let's talk about. Yeah, it does seem like we're we're sort of hesitant to put him in this class. I don't think I, he's is, number like one in the world. Random eye test. Yeah, I know. He's I won know. four of six events and he's number one player in the world. And that's why, like, I think some people are like, was this like a great Master Sunday? I don't know if it was. The Rory added an element of excitement, but like, you had the number one player in the world win the Masters. I don't. That's. I think it was DJ. It was Tiger twice, and Ian Woosnam. Like, it doesn't always happen. You know this. Early in the year, in April, you have the number one player in the world playing well and hot. That's not like always the case, right? Maybe that's a summertime thing. But yeah, it's it's a good Masters if the number one player, the best player in the game, takes it. And, you know, we talked about three, like really seemed to kind of change the rest of the day. I was, I was down there on the left side, exactly where in our spectating guide say not to be, cause you can't actually see the shot and he couldn't see the shot either. He just going off crowd noise alone. I remember in, in 18, that was like, that was the spot where Patrick Reed hit up there and hit it to like a foot and nobody clapped and nobody knew what happened because everybody went nuts for Rory who put it like, I don't know, 10 feet and Pat Reed put it super close and, and assumed he was like off the green, but no, like you're going purely off crowd noise there and of course scotty scheffler i thought it was hot it was like when you're looking from down there all that thing's yeah but you have steaming. no perspective from down below how incredible much shot and it went in and that changed it but of course like, like to hit that shot yeah in low. that situation yeah because that's the shot that requires the ultimate touch right and confidence and it would have been so easy for him to just like take the lob wedge out and, and fling it up, which is what Smith did. And hitting that bump and runner was just inc- incredible. And I, I know Ted Scott said, right, like it's firm enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can hit that that bumper. Yeah. And that was a, an amazing shot. I think uh, I, this is a very television sort of talking point they, they, they throw out on the air. But I, I do think like Ted Scott mattered. I think that was a thing. I don't want to like give him, he wasn't the one that hit the shots, but when you have someone like Scotty Scheffler, who's never won a major, um, you know, is relatively new to the majors. He's not, I mean, he's been, he's had some really good results, but he's doesn't have a decade at them. I think, I do think Ted Scott mattered today. If he did some other caddy who didn't have the history, certainly at Augusta, I, I think it would have been, he, there were opportunities for, more stress. And I think that Scott mattered in a way. How much? Who knows? It's hard to quantify, but it, it was a, a, a t- plus in his corner. I talked to a friend who's pretty intimate with the PGA Tour uh, yeah. and the inner workings. and um, On the inside of the moat, to say, so to say? Maybe. All right. Okay. And uh, he, he said this about Ted Scott. It's not one of the guys that's buddies with the TV guys, like Jimmy Johnson, that 
you know, everybody says is so good because he's buddies with the TV guys. Ted Scott is not. Yeah, one of those. he's not one okay. of those guys. He's just one of those genuinely like great caddies. Okay. And he doesn't get puffed up because he's, you know, but he's, you know, he, and and this guy, he said, hey, I I don't know. I don't think that it would have gone the way it went right. without him on the back. If, and it, it, it's a, it's just interesting, you know? If you have a guy who's never won a major operating with a three-shot, four-shot, five-shot lead on the Masters, like, I think you, a caddy really matters, especially when it's someone like Ted Scott. I just thought that was worth saying. Um, he also pointed out that Scotty is, is, in a way, almost like a throwback player. Doesn't doesn't use TrackMan or, really? or whatever flight. He doesn't. He hits tons of balls without it. You know, okay. everybody else has it down all the time, and uh, he he doesn't have training aids. He, he, it's just like he's got one training aid that is like a seven iron with a with a grip on it, okay. like a, a special grip. Yeah. He's not out there doing all this stuff. Like it's super simple, and in a way that he he's just like a throwback player. And you watch the way he plays golf and the golf swing and everything, and it it just seems natural. I right. mean, he is himself out there, and he's he's unflappable. I think that's why. I mean, we can talk. We can talk about other players, but I, I get the sense of of different players. Like maybe some of the struggles in in majors comes from like them maybe not knowing exactly who they are as a golfer and what the way they're supposed to act on a golf course and the way they're supposed to play. And we have a very small sample size with Scotty Scheffler, but all the way back to that PGA when he was in the was he in the final group? Harding, yeah, Harding, Harding Park. Park, yeah. Like he just seems so comfortable in his own skin and with who he is. And I think that is a very important, I mean, you're going to play your best golf when you're comfortable and he might be uncomfortable on the inside, but I think he knows who he is and it shows with his style of his play. And I, I think something that uh, resonates when I, when I just was thinking about it out there today was I kept thinking about, John Rahm at the Ryder Cup and how John Rahm was just the only European. He's just steamrolling through Americans. Right. He's just just mowing them down. By far the best player in the world at the time. And a lot of people, when they saw the pairing come out with Scheffler playing Rahm, thought that the Americans were just sending out their weakest player to play against Rahm. And Scheffler went out there and absolutely okay. drummed him. Yeah. And it was early in the day, and it was a, you know, the chance of the Europeans coming back was was rare. It was, was extremely unlikely, but they got flags on the board early. Mm-hmm. And I think Scheffler was four up through four, if I remember correctly. That's, yeah. Because I went out to watch that one, and I just remember, well, this one's already over. Yeah, it might have been even more. It might have been I mean, five for five. I can't remember. He just yeah. thumped him. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the hottest player in the world, and he just beat him. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I just think that speaks volumes of who this guy is. He was that way in college. Mm-hmm. He was not the most consistent player. But when the bright lights came on, when the big events were there, he was the guy. Do you think he was actually pushed today, or or well, did his play like I? It, it, I'm not saying he was like given the championship, the, the tournament. He won it clearly, and he made sure no one was within arm's length, really, aside from a Rory scare. But Cam Smith sort of he made the incredible I mean, birdie on 11, Smith, and then just kind of that was it. That was done. He uh, entered the day with a three shot lead. Yeah, doubled 18 and one by three. He shot. Uh, he was three under par going into 18 on the day. Well, like, yeah. I mean, the shots into 14, you, you know, like how could you not like he won 14 and 17. He like, was going to be impossible to beat, especially after Smith Smith shot a great round yesterday. Like Smith played one of the rounds of the tournament yesterday. Right. And it's always so hard to back that up. And you think about how far, how much work Cameron Smith had to do to get to that one back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything had to, Scotty had his wobbly golf. Right. This is the thing that you almost can pinpoint every year, every major championship with the exception of these ultra dominant wins where there's nine holes of, of mediocre golf from mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. And those nine holes were basically from 12 to three tee shot for Scotty Scheffler right. from yesterday to today. Right. And, and those nine holes, like outside of that, the guy was extraordinary. Yeah, it was. It was. 
and it's what we've watched for the last month, two months, three months. And it felt like the appropriate champion. He seemed, you know, really moved by it <clears throat> in tears on the on the putting green pre- presentation ceremony. So uh, a, a fitting I mean, champion for sure. The other thing is just to think about how surreal it must be for him the last six weeks. I know. I know. He he's talks about 20. how he's just like surprised or honored and to like get an invite to play the masters. Like that was more or less like his goal that he, that he achieved. And now he's the best player in the world by a significant margin. Now you talked about what does this mean next? You pose that question. Like, is this someone who's just on an all time heater for six months or I think this is my big question Yeah, about just, and it's not, Scotty Scheffler, he's not alone in this. It's this entire generation of, of players that goes all the way to Rory McIlroy, right? What, um, you know, DJ kind of, you could throw in this boat and you could probably make an argument that DJ's been one of the better, you know, the closest to a superstar with all of his close calls. But like, we're so far from having a tiger or a oh, Phil, a Phil. I think like or, Tiger's never coming back, right? And I think like Brooks Kepka has put together a run that could compare to Ernie Els. Right. But the trend is in the wrong direction. Right, right. And I I think it's a little concerning with golf. Every major championship for recent memory, it comes in like who's gonna win? And it, I don't know. There there's nowhere where it it's like it's gotta be and this week, and maybe it's the, this week should have screamed Scheffler. Yeah. But we have been conditioned where you look at a, the official world golf rankings and you get to 20. And that's never really been the case with golf. <laughs> is that a, a guy ranked 15th in the world winning, and obviously Scheffler's won. But as of a year ago, he, he started the year 12th. Is that why we have far fewer like, like McKeels winning? Like we've, we're on a run. Do you know what I mean? We're on a run of like top players in the world, stars, like a kind of semi stars winning majors. Like we're on a run of no like randoms winning majors. If you want to characterize it that way. I don't know what it is, but something about tiger making the cut this week and being four shots out of second going like on one leg, it illuminated I don't know if these guys are better. Better than what? What was Tiger percentage-wise of Tiger in 2000? Right. This week. 30%? Yeah, yeah. Less than half. Like, he was a a shell of a human being. Like, you know, of his once greatness. Yeah. And he was four back of second. At what the midpoint? At the midpoint of the tournament, and you could tell, like he was out of gas. Can we? Let's just talk about him right now, and then we'll do it. Like we'll get to Roy, we'll get to Cam, we'll do others. The course, Tyrrell, Lord Tyrrell, popping off at the course. Um, uh, We went out together and followed him home from like sixteen on in. We saw him at other parts of the course. Um, I. I thought it was just really powerful to be there. Yeah. I, you know, we're too young to, I don't remember like Ronnie a lot. We don't remember like Willis Reed playing hurt. I don't remember like a lot of those moments, but like, I remember was, the flu game. Well, <laughs> I also remember the cramps game, the flu game. I don't, I was, did he really have the flu? I remember the flu game and I remember, uh, JJ Berea, you know, Oh God! Get out just, of here! Just dominating, um, dominating an NBA final. Anyways, I don't. All time great. I'm trying to think of of other moments where you know someone, and he wasn't going to win, but there was power in just watching him try to play golf for those four holes. There was power in the crowd. It was really. Uh, it was genuine meaningful. gratitude. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It there was. It, I, the these whole, are like airy, you know, nonsense sort of treacle like i'm just trying to convey to you what seeing this man sort of alone with it walking down the fairway and up to these greens laboring hobbled laboring in really hobbled there was like a power in the air of that i think and i'm not going to say 99 percent sure 
because I tried to get over there and see if I, I think Ridley came down to a seat in the front row, like just part of the crowd. I think I'm almost positive it was Ridley, uh, Chairman Ridley, came down to the front row at 18 and was just like wanted to be there and wanted to clap and express appreciation and all. Like I think like everyone from the most powerful people on the grounds on down, like just wanted to witness the power of this moment of this person um, um, trying to play golf when he was 12 over or whatever he was at the time. And it was uh, it was a really unique and interesting moment for me in terms of following and covering these golf majors. I mean, that was the atmosphere all week. Yeah. I, I, Monday was crazy. I mean, Monday during a practice round was one of the biggest roars that I heard all week when yeah. he went to the first tee. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a Herculean effort. It was... I think there was... Obviously, the weather did not go his way. And you could tell in that interview after the 36-hole mark that he was really bummed out about Scheffler. Yeah, yeah. So about the Freddie, that was when he started using... He told the same Freddie story, like... Oh. What's this guy doing? Like he's just taking off with it, you know. That's the thing. I, I mean, this tournament outside of Cam getting it to one was not close since That's Friday. True. That's true. It was. It was in that Scheffler performance was a dominant, yeah. dominant yeah. performance. Yeah. And Tiger. That's the thing I keep going back to. I had the weather been different and Scheffler's not running away. You know, these are huge hypotheticals, but like Tiger was there. Yeah. He was legitimately in contention. Yeah. Uh, contention. Yeah. He was well, ahead of Rory. Right. Right. He had some uh, golf course architecture takes, which I think he'd like. He's talking about. Um, so he sounds like he's going to play the Open, St. Yeah. Andrews. He committed to that. And, uh, you know, he talks about how special that is, St. Andrews. He goes, This is also different. This is where all the great champions have ever played. They've walked these grounds. Granted, I don't think they've imaged, wa- imagined, I assume is what he meant, walking back as far as we have, like on 11. I think when Bobby Jones originally designed it, now I'm adding my own emphasis here, it was supposed to be like a Lynx golf course inland where you go from green to tee. But the game has changed, it's gotten bigger, and there's more walkbacks than ever before. Tons, tons of walkbacks. Five, 11, seven. It's, it's a lot. It's seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. That's like kind of a, a, yeah, there's a little bottleneck with the patrons there. And, and but yeah, you got to go way back. So interesting Tiger comments. Um, 11's like 250 yards. <laughs> 15 is, is not a short no, walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I think that added obviously beyond the hills and things. It seemed, he seemed to specifically call that out. Uh, that's it for Tiger. Anything else? I mean, I just remember watching him try. Yeah, I can't wait to see him again. Obviously, I think this will be a motivation, and it's it's wonderful that he's a part of golf. But he's, I mean, for being honest, like he didn't look good. The scores were what they were. He didn't look like someone. Yeah, be in ship shape to play. He talked PGA about it. He talked about it in this in this press conference. It's it's only going to get stronger. It's only going to get better. He doesn't. He's never getting the mobility back. Yeah, but walking's going to get easier. Yeah, and I think that's something that you can take from from it. And I maybe he he catches magic in a bottle a couple times. The issue I see. I don't know if he's ever going to be sharp enough to do it for four days straight. Yeah. I like, I, I don't, he, he needs the reps. He's right. talked about the importance of reps his entire career. Right. But I think we're also like sort of, for me, just beyond that conversation. Like, I'm just not, I'm not entertaining Tiger as going to win. If it happens, I'll be excited and want to follow that weekend or whatever. But I'm like beyond sort of, approaching major weeks that way and maybe i'm naive for doing so but like i've kind of moved he's past moved that yeah no i mean i'm just happy he's playing um all right let's do what else i'm happy about this elijah craig i'm about to have at the end of uh end of I this long of week just you to do? tucker me out little little uh little signature sip a little golf warm signature spice. sip it's golf signature sip i think that discover the greatness within elijah craig's small batch bourbon it never settles for less than the best 
Every bottle of their award-winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and subtle smoke flavor, which you could use. You need to, you know, swirl that under the nose, take a sip, you know, bring yourself back. back Hit me in the face, you know, I need something. Uh, Pour it on the rocks like we have been doing after uh, long days over at Augusta National. Uh, It won double gold, as you've heard us say many times at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And now we have a promo code. You go to drizzly.com, D-R-I-Z-L-Y, drizzly.com, and you save $5 on a bottle of Elijah Craig. We've seen people tweeting a lot of pictures of our of their Elijah Craig they've procured. I, I, I would, I don't know, you don't have to. I'm not twisting your arm, but it seems like $5. You can save $5. Drizzly.com, use the promo code FRIEDEGG5, all caps, no spaces. That's FRIEDEGG5, and you get $5 off online of your uh Online at drizzly.com, the order of Elijah Craig. Legal mandatory. Read verbatim, they say. The Shotgun Start is brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky. 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. And thank you to them for also being a big part of this week and this month, in addition to, to B. Dratty coming in for the cabin. Slap the helmet for, for uh, segment number two here. All right. Who doesn't love a good bourbon, you know? I mean, yeah. That's you like asking. You got to read your mandatory. I did it. Where were you? I just did it. Where were you? I was thinking about something. You're thinking about your next take. What is your next take? Where do you want to go? Should we do Rory? Hey, what, real quick. What? How do you think Ryan Palmer feels right now? The tugboat? The tugboat. The toad? He's got, getting the he toe. Saw it, he saw That's it. That's unbelievable. Maybe he's got a future career in talent evaluation because he saw it right after that first win. He hitched his he hitched himself to it, and uh, he's yeah, I think he's more of a caboose. I mean, Scotty, why Scotty shouldn't play the Zurich? I mean, Scotty, you've moved you've moved into a different stratosphere. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, it's uh, a couple weeks away, right? Right, but I just don't think he needs to do anything. He's comfortably number one in the world. Uh, all right, let's talk. Let's talk, Rory. She's sixty four. It's the round of the week, the only bogey free round of the week. Uh, he holes out on eighteen. Has an amusing celebration. It seems like it, <clears throat> indicative of someone who's not had a lot of positive things happen to him around here. He didn't know what to do. Did sort of some, I don't know, hand gyrations of some sort. Uh, I was, I was personally happy for him. That he I, got a I moment happy that's too. of happiness. Now, did it? Was it? Is it true happiness though? He finished second. He I hit think it. it. Was he played good enough to I, win? I truly think it was true happiness. I think he was like. Holy shit, I'm having the end of a Sunday where I'm walking away actually happy. I don't have the green jacket, but I shot a 64. I didn't make a bogey, and I had this historic, at least for him, personal moment of history at he took, this place that's he loaded down, with it. He, he slayed the dragon, is what you're saying. No, I'm not. he didn't win the career slam. I'm but, not, but I'm saying he, he slayed the Sunday demons there. I don't know that I would say that. I'd say he has this. He at least has this day and this finish, well, which is more than what he had. It's all been negative, man. On Sundays, it's all been negative. Whether did you hear in the press total conference? listlessness against Patrick Reed? Whether it's implosions or whether it's irrelevance, it's all been bad. And this is something that's positive at a place that's. I I, I don't like. It doesn't mean he's like a contender next. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't mean like he's a favorite. I, I don't know. He still doesn't have the jacket. They give that to the low 72-hole score, and he didn't do that. But it was uh, – did you ever think he was like had a chance? Did you ever think – were you ever excited that will Rory – I left. So I left the grounds to watch the back nine kind of get the holistic view, 10,000-foot view on TV. And, like, I was thinking I might be running back there. It was kind of – it put you in the – unfortunate well, position of hoping for like a Scotty Scheffler car crash if you wanted Rory. And, and I don't think anyone truly wanted that, but I don't know that I ever felt like Rory. The, the interesting thing was as soon as he made the Eagle, like, and maybe this started to become a thing that could happen. He started like getting wild with his driver, missed well, birdie chances at fourteen fifty. You know who happened to power walk over to Rory? Cause he can't, can't run, you know, you can't run here. You, who, just after Thursday, I said I'm done with him. <laughs> Friday, I, I went back out there. I was going to tap dance over a miscut, and he, he like, the th- I went out there. I caught the eagle on 13. It was 
awesome. Yeah. The roar. Yeah. Great I mean, shot in there to 10 feet or eight feet. I saw like as soon as he got through, uh, 11, I headed over there. I yeah. was like, I got it. I got to get over there. Um, and I mean, <clears throat> the thing about him is he played so good as a whole this week. He kicked away a lot of stuff the first round. Mm-hmm. He kicked away stuff early in the second round, especially that back nine, that, that bogey double stretch. And outside of that, though, he, he just, he, he grinded. He made the putts. Yeah. He made the par putts. The up and down on 14 was great. Now, not birdieing 15, 15 or 16. I'm sorry, 15 and 16 were the birdies I meant to. I mean, 14 was a birdie hole, too, with that pin. Right. He just, he... He didn't hit the shot. Wayward drive. Yeah, he didn't hit the drive, and that was the thing. It's like, it's kind of crazy how extraordinarily he drove the ball all week. And then the second he he makes that eagle, and it becomes real. He starts, he misses on 15, 14, 15. And he talked about feeling the buzz in the press conference. That was his word. He said, it's the first time I felt a buzz in a major... And he referenced since trying to make the cut at Portrush. So what's been happening the last couple of years? I don't know. I, I, I think there's, I think he's lost some of his, the young, naive nature. Totally. I mean, he talked about in the, in the lead up, he talked about how conservative he was going to be this year. And then in the press conference today, he talked about, you know, listen, because people asked him, they asked him about like, should you have played? He talked about how he played more aggressive. He moved his targets closer to pins. He started, he's like, I, on one, I hit it right at the flag. Nobody does that according to some people though, but he said, I hit it right at the flag. He birdied one and 10, 10 was a little, I mean, he got some incredible birdies out of this round. Yes. Bonus. He didn't birdie two. Yeah. 15. 16. I mean, I don't... Did he birdie eight? He, yeah, he birdie yeah, eight. He birdie eight. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, he didn't birdie some of the gimme, the the good birdie opportunities. Yeah. And, I, I mean, he just was... He so, was so close, but yet so far yeah. away. And the thing that... Get, he talked about how, in the press conference, these majors he's learned is about hanging around. What the fuck happened to the Rory that just blew the doors off? He he was like, it's nice if you blow the doors off it, but it's just really about hanging around. That's not that's not the way Tiger thought about stuff. Tiger started like, and I think that's the difference is the slow out of the gates. If his goal is to hang around, yeah, he did it. He's good at that's that. That's not being in the moment. That's not taking one shot at a time. That's about like. Making sure your T twenty, yeah, T six, at yeah. the end of the third round, yeah. or, or the, and you know when you finish the third round, he was T fifteen when he finished the third. I round. I mean, that's what I guess. Like the cynic would say, like, was this a product of not really having stakes on Sunday? Like he wasn't really in it. Yeah. Like and and you know maybe when he got the eagle. Anyways, I I still thought it was. I think a it show. was huge. It was really exciting, and I don't. I think it. I think it does matter that he had something positive happen to him on a Sunday here. Yes. And I know it's not a win. I, I think that matters in a way. It doesn't get him the win next year or the year after that. But is this, is he just not at the game for here? It's like people like Scotty Scheffler more suited so to Augusta I think National. this year, really this year, um, I wanted to bring this up, and I'm glad you asked this. Okay. This year was so much about wedge play because yeah. of the wind. Um the wind being into it on on thirteen and fifteen with the new distance on on fifteen, with the with how tough one and eleven played and eighteen played, it was really about who could wedge it, who could get it up and down, and and when it becomes about that, that's not Rory. He drove it like what kept him in this. He drove it sensationally. Yeah. I mean, it was ex, it, an exhibition until the final four holes. But then you look at you look at the other guys on the leaderboard, and you're like, "Wow!" Like Cam Smith, Scheffler, Shane Lowry, yeah. watching him hit wedges right. is like a a, a treat. Um, Corey Connors, obviously extraordinary ball striker. Morikawa, similar Zalatoris. Like all these guys are are tacticians, and <laughs> then you have Rory, who's like been prone to just blow 
wedges over the green. <laughs> Shank. Remember when he shanked it on at the WGC in the rain delay? On the range. I think that was Bell Reeve. I think that was Bell Reeve hit off the scoreboard. Yeah. Right? Like, he's this guy that just, like, I'm thinking about the WGC where he, he airmailed the green from, like, <laughs> you know, he just kept driving it and yeah. missing greens with the wedges. But when it, I think if if it had been, I think the other thing, and he taught, he, he hit on this, like, the weather this year has been really rough. And when it when it was pr- primo weather, not just the Masters, every every all the, the driving range superstar came out and uh, flexed his muscles. Interesting, Trackman boy. It's yeah, it's interesting. There there are critiques that can be levied against Rory for sure about uh, his game. I, I don't know, not standing up as well, certainly in. in these conditions or against some of the younger, more aggressive players like you talked about. Anything else on his round? He was sort of story 1B behind Scheffler, given that it was, I mean, it was the round of the week. It was the best round of the week, and he always had that. Um, I don't want to be too hard on him. I don't think so either. It was exciting. It was his best finish ever at the Masters. It added something to a Sunday that could have been like just a coronation, 18 holes of Scheffler. You know. Isn't it wild that we now will look at this, uh, a distant, never really relevant second place finish is his best finish at the Masters. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not, I don't think it's his best performance at the Masters. No. I think when he turns and has a chance to win. Yeah. Those are, those, like he was never a, a actual part of this i think there i think there's something more for the micro moment too for 18 he says the happiest he's ever been on a golf course which is a weird thing for him to say about this golf course on a day he didn't win the tournament like given what it's happened to him here i I think there's something more micro in that moment doing something for him but uh yeah it's it's still like it's still a second place it's not a wikipedia top 10 it's not a it's a Backdoor it's a, runner it's a up. Wikipedia second. It's a Wikipedia second. It might not be a, a backdoor runner up. Five. It's a backdoor runner up. It's a Wikipedia second. I mean, people. I I love the friend. Oh well, you know, it's like if if this guy that's like playing great golf just just absolutely boots it down the stretch. Which you happens. know how many how many it things happens. had to go bad? It's twelve. Oh, it you want to talk about Scheffler going for the green today? Where thirteen? Fifteen. Or, or fi- okay, fifteen. Hook, hard hook from around the trees. All I have to say about the changes to the fifteenth hole were, are in his press conference comments. What did he say? Was he it went six for iron? It? He went, It was a five iron. Okay. He went for it, and he went on to say, "I, Ted, I told Teddy." I don't want to hit that wedge shot again. Oh, great. This was the one you talked about last night. Where yeah. He was so like, for all, for all the people criticizing the 15th hole, there is an actual decision to be made. It is an uncomfortable decision when the wind is down. I don't have the numbers, but yeah, almost everybody went for it. That found the fairway <laughs> that it's not, it hasn't changed, but there is something that sits in the back of their head that says like, I don't want to hit this shot. I don't want to hit this shot. And I think that's that's a brilliant thing that we rarely see in professional golf. Memorial Park has a hole of this like that. That Houston. short par four um, where I think Matt Wolf hit like a nine iron. Are there any other Masters recap pods calling out Memorial Park? I love it. You're only going to get that here. <laughs> Memorial Park reference to Augusta National. They, I had, love they it. had that short par four that Wolf hit nine iron wedge. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit I know exactly iron. what you're talking like yeah. seven. Nobody wanted, he didn't want to go for it, people. It's like 17 or 16 for that tournament. I don't know if they flipped the routing or anything. I remember like Kevin Tway hit it some spot and, and just like chipped it off the green because <laughs> yeah, he was right I by the green. It. I remember and, that. Um, Let's do more Houston Open talk. I, wanna... I, I, I just think that that is a, is a really – I would love – to see the trees taken back so that more it, it wasn't it seems like one of the hardest fairways to hit now yeah like i want to welcome people to attempt that shot <clears throat> sure and right now and, and and it's not welcoming by shortening it yeah it's welcoming it by give, putting everybody in a really uncomfortable position make a choice uh the broadcast said he had a nine iron not a great 
moment well, come on. there. It's it's hard. Like I agree. Messes up. I saw everybody. I'm not blaming anybody. No, no. It's just like I. You but know, like I can, the problem was Faldo calls. Like, are we sure? Are we sure? Like called it out, kind of. Well, I don't think it would. It, 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 it was a weird moment. Totally, totally. I'm not. I. I, that's why I said six iron. You said five. I thought I had it wrong myself. That's why I was bringing it up. Um, I, can I talk about um, the experience out there? Yeah, it's your podcast. You can talk about whatever you want. I obviously first time covering the Masters, and hopefully not the last. Hopefully not the last. We'll Although see. we still have to file columns here talking about. No, I'm kidding. But um, I uh, it was it was like one of the most refreshing weeks for me covering golf. And the no cell phone thing is really a wonderful, wonderful thing. Like it makes me think more about golf coverage as it exists now. Um, I was so immersed. I mean, when you think about life, right? Every there, you have all this stuff going on. I was, I was away and out on a golf course without a phone, without anybody else. Which to with, add, like the phone is often probably maybe to a detriment a part of your work. Yeah, like it's an integral it, too often too integral part. When of your I'm work. not watching a shot, yeah. I'm looking to see to, what else is happening. Yeah, your work. In this situation, it makes following what's going on a little bit more difficult, but it immerses you in this atmosphere, and everybody there is fully in. Yeah. It is it is a sensational atmosphere because of that. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's watching. But the thing that you do, like, I think it's so brilliant for press is like, I couldn't talk to my wife. I couldn't talk to my friends that were texting about the masters. I couldn't talk to anybody. All I could do was sit there and think about yeah. golf. And I can't remember a week where I've, I've basically just had a singular focus like I've had this yeah. week. And I think that's it really one of made the an impact on you. You talked about it a lot, not just on the air right now, but you talked about it a lot this week. Well, I think I, you know, you watch the Masters your whole life as a kid, and and growing up, and as a college kid, and then as a as an adult, and it's different than everything else, and and you don't know why. And I really believe that it's different because of of the atmosphere, because you go there and you're completely immersed in golf and the the patrons are with you you're talking to them i'm not buried i i found myself talking to security guards all the time members members uh like and everybody Randoms. is just yeah chatting up people and and yeah. they're all talking about the golf and nobody is looking at their phone and yeah there's like no distractions <clears throat> and People are there with the most significant people in their lives. And in many cases, it's the only time they go there and they're having this complete experience. And it is, it's just extraordinary. I, I don't, there's no way any other event can do this and pull it off. Um, I, that's what's crazy. What I mentioned to you today was um, like, you can have the policy. I think this is like the only place that could actually enforce it. And like have the people that come adhere to it. Like you'd still like that it works, that there's still somehow enforced and nobody actually like anybody can put up on a sign, don't bring your phone, don't use your phone, and like people break it. And this that's just the way the world works now. But the fact that it's beyond just having the policy, that it's enforced and adhered to by the people that come is is impressive to me. And if we're not trying to be blindly deferential to the masters, like, you know, it's not without you know, certain like kind of overhyped treacly parts like but this i mentioned this in the spectator guy of uh, spectators like preview if you've never been podcast we did for the friday it's like makes you more present with the people you're with makes you more present with the golf course you're on it makes you more you know just appreciate the course and the players that are in front of you it, it does it is a significant part of coming to this so um anything else from your impressions being on the ground like as a first time sort of i mean you just are so awake to the to what's going on yeah you notice everything. You, you're not buried into your phone. And, and it, I mean, I just think that in general, obviously Twitter is, is a beautiful thing and, and a big part of watching golf uh, as a fan and, and everything. 
but I've never been so out on it. Um, it you know, I think a lot of times oh, you spend your over time. Well, you spend your time like thinking about what you're going to tweet next and not yeah. thinking about the actual important stuff. Want. Yeah. And that's what I found myself, you know, I just, it, it made a huge impression on me. I think the, um, it's a great rule. It's, it's kind of annoying early, but once you embrace it, it's like this incredible atmosphere. Um, and, and you just, by talking, you just talk and you talk to people and it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Like I, I just found myself talking to all these people and, 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 um, you know, just things that other people said and stories of people going there all the time was, it was really a cool week. And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was, it was neat. And, uh, while I was really aware of my surroundings today, yeah, guess who I ran into while I was following Rory? Who? I've heard, I heard Stetson Bennett and Nick Saban were under the Oak together, which is interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo, Potential Bears QB sometime down the line oh, was walking around. I don't know who'd you run into. The, the king, the king of trash? king of Panavidra himself, Big J. Big J. Did you talk to him? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I did not. I, I wasn't going there. Oh, so you kind of like you, I, I, I mean, we, we 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 locked eyes. I I locked eyes with them at the BMW. <laughs> I, I, I it was I we locked eyes. I gave him a nod. And I, we both went our merry ways. Oh, okay. But he was—you can kind of scurry was, off at the Masters. He yeah. was decked out, player shirt, and what I liked the most, noble shoes, which I think Scott Stallings has some. Well, that's now the fi- official like workout partner interest. of the PGA Tour. London, but here's like, this like the official jerky 60. of the tour. This is like the official like athleisure. Or, or workout. I don't know how old he is. Yeah. 60, 65. <laughs> and he's wearing this like edgy workout gear brand shoes around the masters i just found it so humorous you like that this is the kind of insight houston open takes jay monahan's footwear at the masters takes this is what you want should we do some more odds and ends you've called this out i have to add to it we don't need to say anything more hideki's defense proper proper defense big ups to him for especially given his, his health you know in the last month or so um too bad for uh, Westy and Kokrak just missing, just barely missing out on that top twelve. Oh, I saw, I saw someone walking around Not with a too. hat today that said Kokrak Crew, K R E W, and I like quickly looked away and ran the other way. Speaking of of just like nodding, Kokrak Crew, K R E W, they had merchandise, they had hats. That said that. Do you I, want to I, talk about... I wanted to ask who they were rooting for, but I, I just wanted to get the hell away. I did well. see Kokrak lumbering, you know, after... Because I was following Rory. Yeah. It was like shortly after Rory, yeah. just lumbering down the fairway. Just, gut just stuck <laughs> out. Yeah. Down 15 fairway. The sun. It was like this, you know, beautiful, obviously, like as you see on TV. Oh, come on. We don't, like, Kokrak was so irrelevant. Why but he just lumbering, <laughs> lo- sauntering down, down the fairway. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I, it made me chuckle. I just was like, oh, because there's always like this thing you get, you, you're out there and you, you, you have to, I think you kind of, if you're covering the game, you have to pick these stories and you have yeah. to be ready to jump over to other holes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and Rory got cooking and I was like, well, if I go watch, like if he does something on 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah. it could be like one of the greatest final rounds ever. Yeah. And, um, so I hopped over from Scheffler and Smith there. And then Rory doesn't birdie 16. I hop back over. Yeah. And then Smith makes triple. <clears throat> and I hop back to Rory. And then I go back to Scheffler. Yeah. Like, I you mean, know, one of my most favorite but, memories covering this was Speed making that charge and whenever Reed won, right? Running away from Reed and Rory to watch Speed play him in corner and 16 in the putt. Like, that's just really fun. My point about the hopping around yeah. was that that's Co-crack. what led me to Co-crack. Encounter. Because you, like, lose sight of, you're like, who's in this group? Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I just, like, I, I literally, like, turned, I, like, got past a group of people and yeah. I just saw his gut. Uh, other notes. We have to bring this up. We heard this secondhand, so we didn't see it ourselves, but someone, a trusted advisor on the ground, Fred Couples. And the way this was sort of told to us, like, was just great. Couples. So 
it's set up with everybody these days, right? You've got the yardage book. You've got the book and the cover that agents are now selling for $500,000 a square inch branded uh, on your book that's busting out of your back pocket. You don't have Green's books here. You don't have Green's books anywhere. But, you know, just all these notes on every little square foot and, uh, and contour and slope on the ground. Freddie Couples, apparently, like walk, I think it was 15, finds his ball, pulls out the pin sheet. And tri-fold. the perfect trifold, you know, 666 uh, trifold pin sheet. Just, that's trifold with the fold in half. Yes, because you, yeah, you do whatever, three at a time. Uh, it was just the image was like easygoing Freddie. The contrast between that and the bursting at the seams books that every and he just takes a single sheet of paper out of his back pocket where's this where's this pin he like the way it was described he just flipped it open <laughs> yeah. flipped it back and then like grabbed a club out of the like back he's caddying in the member guest it's i just uh, another odd and end um tyrell tyrell lord tyrell how, how did, would it make you feel psycho tyrell if there was a pairing with billy horschel and somehow billy was the one that was consoling you yeah, he put his arm around track. him. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot of future groups. We were out there walking around. Uh, congrats to Shane Bacon for another great week, friend of the program. Uh, but it sounds should like... should be doing more golf. <clears throat> yeah, but that's a different podcast. We watched... Shane, Shane, we, Shane should be announcing golf. We were at a place where we saw them playing, uh, where there was a TV out on the course, and we saw them playing 13. And that was where, you know, I think Billy Boy threw a GD out there and... and Tyrrell just slammed his club uh, his club head into the turf. You know, Billy Boy's putting his arm around him. They get off the course. Hatton, you know, Horschel's praising him. He's like, I love that kind of guy. I don't like the guy who pouts and just, you know, pouts well, the whole course. day. He's Hatton, trying, trying to normalize his own right. behavior. Hatton just, you know, he gets hot and then it's gone. Well, you know what? Hatton went <laughs> off the course and it wasn't gone. Because Billy Boy, I don't know if he, he pegged that one correctly. Because Tyrrell laid into Augusta National. I mean, this is Trevino-esque tough uh, critiques. This is uh, Daniel Rapport tweeted the, the transcript excerpt where I saw it. The last, the last round last year was 68. You signed off okay this year. You seem to be making progress. Yeah, but you can hit good shots here and not get any reward for it. It's unfair at times. I don't agree with that. If you hit a good shot, you should end up near the hole. Not then short-sided into a bunker because of the slopes that they've created and stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's a fair test at times. And when you hit good shots and you're not rewarded for it, it shows. I think it's how the course is set up in general. You don't really have to miss a shot. And your next one, you'll have, you're really struggling to make par. With how it runs off the greens here and the slopes that you are then chipping into and how obviously it's cut it just makes it really hard to even get chip shots close i think everything is exaggerated here i don't think Tyrrell is going to find a lot of sympathy at this table at the dratty cabin for these takes about a bounce off a slope Him and jt probably could talk about some the fair design. police they might maybe Tyrrell, maybe Tyrrell could open up the european office of uh, thomas strunk uh design when when JT breaks off of Panther National or whatever. Yeah, when he breaks off Nicholas and and and, you know, guess it was Jack's grandson-in-law, the the sheriff of the Fair Police UK origin. Um, It's terrible take. You know what this this screams of? What this screams of a man who's been in the a figure in the top twenty, top ten of the world rankings, totally, and has made uh, three of his last eight major cuts. And with his best finish being a T18 at last year's Masters, a completely irrelevant major championship player has beef with when things get just a wee bit tougher, a wee bit man struggling with things that get a little wee tougher. I'd have to say he stunk at the Ryder Cup, too. Yeah, he was bad at the Ryder Cup. So, you know, it seems like when when stakes stakes get a little bit higher. Good at Paris, Ryder Cup. And the setup doesn't play exactly into his hands. We've got a man that folds it up and and packs home. Yeah. Uh, I'll give him a modicum of credit for going on the record. You know, at least popping off, What would Cliff Roberts do to Tyrrell? tonight would he ban would there be a band be a turbo band for five years i don't know I, I mean other people have criticized the course in the past i don't know if trevino was ever disinvited um 
So we have that as our odds and ends. I thought this is an interesting one, and maybe it, it leads to your no phones thing. Uh, someone tweeted at us this morning, Craig Lavasseur, is ANGC a glimpse, for better or worse, at what golf would look like with an ownership structure instead of player run? They make, as in you know Augusta National in this case, they make the decisions independently with laser focus on product quality without consideration of sponsors or players. Uh, 75 to 125 on a list, I think you'd say. Um, I think it's a it's a glimpse into something like that. I don't know I if that's see. an actual thing that could become sustainable on a repetitive scale or a replicable scale. Early in the week, I thought about writing a piece about this. Oh. Um, a lot of pieces that just, you know, fall by the wayside. Everybody, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to execute. And it's something that really stands out to me when I go to the Masters is, um, you know, when I went the first time a few years ago and, and this time is the maniacal focus on their product. Right. And we live in a product-driven society. It, you know, the best product in, in places for the most part because of the internet, because of everything if you can get discovered and have the best product, you will be popular. You know, it's very rare that the best product just goes unnoticed in spaces. Um, and in a way, the Masters was the gritty little startup when they started. Yeah. Who, you know, that flashback of about about what uh, the skills competition yeah. in the first one. Yeah. That's a startup. Right, like right. trying stuff, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what works. But what they're thesis was was centered around the competition and they had a lot of like guiding lights that they've kept and and product and the experience has always been number one and if you look at that organization now i i couldn't help but think about how much power they hold over golf and how you know who knows what their grand intentions are i think that there's only a few people that know that uh you know there's a lot of rumors, but they make a lot of money every year. Um, and they do a lot of good now for the community and, and different scholarships and everything. But where is this tournament going the next 30 years is something I wonder about a lot. What does that mean? Like, I just think that they have this, they have a... You think they could create a tour of their own? Eight, if they, eight, eight they could, I think they could do really they, whatever they want. They've done it with the amateur events. Yeah. And run like, those pretty well. They can literally stand up an event and have it be the most popular event of a weekend. And why? Against a women's major and a PGA Tour event. <clears throat> yeah. There isn't anybody else that can do that. Right. Like the, the amount of power that they hold over golf is extraordinary. And it's because of their product being head and shoulders above any like the only thing that even comes close is the is the open and think about their think about their website think about the uh the uh what is it the ntt data uh, website right like right. just think about the experience of of a a fan for the masters right one of the reasons that it's so popular is it's by far the best fan experience of of whether you're sitting at home on your couch or you're at the tournament. You're yeah. not going to find anything that matches it. And <clears throat> when you do that, you're going to be uber successful. And they've been extraordinarily successful successful in every single way you would judge a, a, a company. So the short answer is yes, it is what a tour like that but here's the thing. would look like, whether that's possible or even, you know. All these, all these people are using golf for other means. Right. Totally. And it, to think that the Saudis wouldn't be doing the same thing. Right. Like, I'll say it was so nice to not have Bob Parsons in my life for like a week. When I flipped on. <laughs> FedEx Cup. I flipped on live from the night to watch like a little bit of recap, see what they were saying. Immediately started getting yelled at. Sweetheart. Just, it was just so nice to not have that for, and it reminds me of what we're going back to. Uh, all right, I think that does it. You have anything else? Any other notes you want to? You got a full notebook. You'll have some writings published on the Friday coming. I should have something published on the Friday. Uh, anything else you want to get out there? Any odds and ends? Oh, here we go. You look quite happy with whatever this nugget could be. Charles Schwarzel's caddy was oh, out there forecatting on fifteen today. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because that's another walk back. 
he i it made I mean, it's me a driver start, hole it's not it like made me needs... start to think is he a club was he using a club caddy no i don't think so maybe just something that i thought of um one other thing I'm glad you got that note out there the rory chants on 18 were really cool yeah um it's a moment of happiness for him and it does speak like he's the closest thing Tiger. i think to a superstar that we have yeah I don't know if he's a superstar. He's been too irrelevant. He hasn't felt a buzz. He's got his own since app. he was playing against the, a cut line in in the last th- three years. That's, you can't that's like interesting. He's you can't consider him a superstar. Ah, I I, it's the most it's, uh, depends on how you define. Think that, about if would you consider. <clears throat> Did you consider Zach Levine a superstar? Uh, do you consider first take? Do you consider Zach first take? You just subjective. I just, I, I just. You're, you're out on Rory as a superstar. Not you got to play. You have to be relevant in the biggest yeah. events. Yeah, yeah. He's he has. He just today. got relevant. He wasn't really though. I know. He's exciting. He he was nine shots back. Yep. Yep. Um. All right. Another great week. I. I I'm very happy with this performance. I cleaned up in my one and done with my, my oh, backdoor second place. Good. Uh, it was a great week at the Masters. We were uh, really grateful to be here, grateful to be Dratty for sponsoring the cabin this year. Uh, I think and hope we'll be back. Um, thanks to all you who listened, interacted, engaged, sent uh, questions, ideas, whatever it is, jokes. Um, you know, we consider it like really a, a fun privilege. Thanks to, be to out everybody here. that said hello on the ground. Yeah. That was that was nice. Yeah, not commissioner, but everybody else. Um How about uh, no bullshoes? How about that? How about no bullshoes? We're back to PGA tour events this week. Uh again, thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. It's it's we don't I don't know, we don't take it lightly and, and these weeks mean a lot in that department for us, uh that, that support. So thank you. Uh and we will be back. I guess Tuesday, Wednesday to talk about Hilton Head and whatever other assortment of golf may be coming our way. What do you think uh, Scotty does with this? Does he do the Krispy Kreme drive-through? Is he going on the show? Is he going through the airport like Hideki? Who knows? That's always sort of the day after catnip is where's the green jacket scene? But let me tell you, there will be a headline. Oh, Scotty in his green jacket is the most relatable thing you'll see today. Click. You won't believe where Scotty wore his, his green coat. That's coming your way Monday. So I'm guessing he's going to be flying private. Right, right. He's not going to be Hideki and out of but Atlanta. Is there Airport. some Dallas area thing that, you know, he'll Whataburger? show up? Whataburger? Yeah, he'll show up at. I, that's coming. Wherever it is, it's coming to. <laughs> but maybe he'll the go, to, that, maybe he'll go to, the, near you. to the Rangers game, you know, or something. Now the baseball's back. Yeah. yeah maybe. Throw out the first pitch. Rocket, or the, the Mavs. Mavs are in the playoffs. They're doing well. Maybe he'll just be spotted in Highland Park, the rough and tumble streets of Highland Park. Um, Big weekend for Highland Park and a lot of love on the uh, broadcast. All right. If you watch the full press conference, you probably know the answer to where he's taking the jacket, but, you know. All right. Everyone enjoy your weeks. We'll be back with you on Monday. Thanks again. uh, Wednesday. Thanks again for all your support.